0: I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. If you do have your Bible, please turn to it with me. If you don't, I did put it at the top of the bulletin notes on the back of your bulletin as well. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. This is the reading Of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your Word. We thank you that it guides us, that it instructs us, that you've revealed yourself to us through your Word. Lord, I pray that we would be excellent students of your Word to read it, study it, memorize it, meditate on it, and that we would obey it, Lord, that we would do what you've called us to do. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can gather to be in your presence. Lord, we celebrate you as we prayed earlier. We celebrate you today. We celebrate fathers today. Oh, Lord, this world is in need of real men. Families need fathers. Lord, I pray that the men in this church who are in that role would step up and take it seriously, myself included. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this message. I pray you'd give us soft hearts. I pray you'd give us attentive ears. I pray you'd give us open minds to hear what your spirit is trying to tell us. Lord, we pray against Satan and his distractions this morning. God, we pray you'd bind him from this place through the power of the blood of Jesus. Lord, we bind him and his forces from this place. And Lord, we give you full reign here. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd manifest yourself in our hearts, in this building, in the entire grounds of Bonanzaville. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be present. We pray you'd bless this place. Bless Bonanzaville. Bless the leadership. And God, we pray this would be a shining beacon in your community. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may have a seat. My name is Pastor Paul Letvin, one of two pastors here at Submerged Church. And once again, just welcome you here. We um, last week started a new celebration. Um, it's picking up steam. It's been talked about on uh, Washington Watch, Family Research Council. I've heard other people talk about it on different pastor video calls I've been on. But uh, June 2023 is now Life Month. So June, June is Life Month. There's flyers downstairs at the information table. Everyone should have received one last Sunday but this is a time to celebrate. I'm just gonna read kind of the vision here. Uh, it's, it's time to give all the glory to God. So in, in, in honor of the one year anniversary of God's masterful overturning of Roe v. Wade, join the global celebration of life by sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness. We've experienced two major miracles within months. So it's time to celebrate and praise God's jubilee victory with the Dobbs decision and the recent Asbury revival. God is a life-giving God who wants to love on us from conception until celebration in heaven. And they've got all kinds of ideas on here, things that you can do to promote Life Month. I encourage you to check that out. Their website is CelebrateLifeMonth.com, CelebrateLifeMonth.com. But what a, what a blessing it is to celebrate all the great things that God has done. And uh, coming up, yeah, coming up this Saturday, June 24th, that'll be the one-year anniversary of the overturning of, of Roe v. Wade, so just encourage you guys to, to celebrate that. I might even go to the local um, abortion facility and pray on that Saturday at some time. That, that was an idea suggested, so, uh, but just uh, so thankful that we have a God who's on the move. He's doing great things, and there's still much work to be done, and it's a blessing to be a part of, of what God is doing. So I'm going to be giving a message today on uh, a real man. We've had uh, documentaries, coming out, or documentaries coming out on, uh, you know, what is a woman. But today I would ask, well, what, what is what is a man? What's a man supposed to be, you know, at, at, biblically, from, from what the Bible says? You know, we had, a, as I mentioned, we had a special guest this last Wednesday, Randy Wilson from the Family Research Council, Gave an outstanding message, and then he gave me some of his books. Uh, one of them, this is kind of uh, guided towards children. It's called Daddy's Blessing, and he started a tradition with his children, his wife and children, where every Sunday the kids would line up like kind of a train. They'd sit before his feet, and he would bless each one of them one one at a time something particularly regarding what their name means and things about them and would pray a special blessing over them. And they did this for, for years. But it's really kind of in line with what happened in the Bible. How, uh, you know, Jacob uh, blessed, you know, you know jo- Joseph brought his grandsons to Jacob and had, had Jacob bless them, you know, I, um, you know. And then Jacob himself, you know, stole Esau's blessing. You know, that, that's how important father's blessing was, you know, something that they did. And uh, I get, they have a, an annual men's conference called Stand Courageous. That's the Men's Ministry of Family Research Council. But Randy shared how there's men that come to this conference that say they never once recall their father giving them any kinds of words of affirmation, telling them how much they loved him, let alone, you know, praying a blessing over them. And they encourage people that are in that situation to go and reconcile with your father to receive that blessing. And they said, even, even writing out the blessing that you, because your father might be, what's, what's this all about? But you know they suggest even writing out the blessing that you want your father to give you, and then giving it to him to read with his hand you know, on you and blessing you. And you guys might be thinking, oh, this is kind of weird. But Randy said, there, there are men that show up at this conference that are in that boat. They, they, they don't remember any kind of uh, words from their father giving them uh, an identity of who they are in Christ, any words of, of purposeful direction for their life, or any words of affirmation. And they give people the option at this conference saying, hey, if you want us to give that blessing that you wish your father would have given you, Come on up, and we're going to do that right now. And he said, "Men just become un- undone. It's the, the power that that has at this conference is is incredible. So I talked to my family about it. My kids. I think we're going to start doing that. But I'm, I just wanted to read this blessing to you that uh, he has in this this book. And he's got another book, you know, that is much more specific. Has you know, purpose for the marriage, for the family, you know, covenants, et cetera, et cetera. But this, this is the blessing. And as I read this, I want you to imagine, you know, what, what would it be like to have your own father pray this blessing over you? You are my child, my joy, my treasure. And in my heart, I'll hold you forever. In every word spoken and every deed done, remember my love and the love of God's son. And he said they would do that in their children after they got that blessing. He said that they, it looked like they were just a helium balloon just floating away, receiving those words of affirmation from their father. And how powerful words of a father are in the household uh, for good or for bad. Last week I gave a message on the sin of silence. And we talked about how life and death are in the power of the tongue as it says in Proverbs. So what is a real man? What is a real man? Well, our world would say, a real man, well in high school, somebody who's got all the girls hanging on him, multiple girlfriends, things like that. Hopefully people grow up out of that a little bit. Sometimes they don't. Other people might say, well a real man is a guy who can catch the biggest fish, shoot the biggest buck, drink the most beer, Eat the most food, right? Driving around in the biggest truck, things like that. That's what some people think a real man is. Our culture, especially in sitcoms and the media, they think a real man is a bumbling fool who just takes orders from his wife and uh, doesn't really contribute much to the family. That's what the media would tell us a real man is, or or um, entertainment. They have completely destroyed what God has made a man to be. We know, and I'm going to be getting into these specific highlights from your bulletin. But we, we know that w- one of the main jobs of a man is, is to protect. I mean, just look look at nature. You know, uh, all all of those male creatures, whether it's a you know a, a buck or a lion, or you know, like they, they they protect. You know, they're 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 usually a little bit bigger, stronger. Um, God has made. The male, the man, to be a protector. So what better way for Satan to completely emasculate and make men impotent so that there is no protection? Think of what's going on in our country right now. If there's no father that's guarding their children, well, a lot of times the mother will take it upon herself to step up, not that she can't protect her children, but her role is more to, to nourish, to train, things like that. And then pretty soon we have families that are wide open for attack when there isn't that protector. So it all makes sense with Satan's strategy. Satan wants to destroy the family. He wants to destroy the family. And families need fathers. God created man and woman to produce godly offspring. Like I said, we live in a fallen, sinful world. And I realize there's many situations where unfortunately uh, that's not happening or there isn't a father that's present, or there isn't a mother that's present, uh, but that's how God meant for it to be, and that's how it works the best. See, there's, there's, there's pictures of God everywhere. You know, God is a triune God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the family, we've got the father, the mother, and the children. In the church, we have Jesus as the head, we've got the shepherds, and we have the flock. See, there, there's so many spheres or that are in sets of three that God has set up to design that. And when we, when we mess with that when, that, when one of those parts is missing, it falls apart. And we're open to attack. So today we're going to talk about the importance. Uh, this would be for fathers, but, but any man. So as I'm, as I'm speaking, and, and before I get too far ahead of myself, the big idea today, if you remember anything, men act like men. That's the big idea. Men act like men. As we read out of 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Stand firm in the faith, act like men. What does that mean, to act like a man? man. Well, the Bible tells us much about what that means. So as we're going through these aspects of what a real man is, uh, men in the room, I urge you, I encourage you to take note, maybe take a couple of these uh, to heart that you really need to work on and start memorizing some verses. Perhaps the one I have there, You know, what, what do I need to grow in a, as a man? And take this seriously. If you're a woman here, you're not off the hook either. You're probably, in fact, some of you ladies have probably already looked through the list and said, yep, my husband needs to grow in that, and that, and that. <laughs> but don't overwhelm him. Don't overwhelm him. Uh, just take it one day at a time. I'm still a work in progress as well. But just encourage, encourage you ladies, if you're not married, these are things that you would want to look for in a future husband. If you are married, inspire your husband to, to live up uh, to these qualities. Perhaps you've lost your husband. Find, find another man in your life that you could you can encourage and call him out. Like, hey, you need to start demonstrating some more self sacrificial love. You know, and and so let's we 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 need each other. You know, last week I talked about how the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself, right? And what verse in Leviticus is right before that verse? It says, reason frankly with your neighbor. That means, that means to speak truth and to even like rebuke. Some versions say rebuke. So, so it's, it's a loving thing to speak truth into people's lives. But if we don't speak the truth in love, it's not going to sit very well, is it? But if all, and, so, so, and, and Pastor Bob has said this, you know, truth without love is not truth. Love without truth is not love. They, they they both they both go in hand, they they, they both go hand in hand like like the like the main scripture reading. Let all that you do be done in love. And that's something I need to work on. It's really easy for me to see something in my child that needs correction, and I tell them, "Hey, get track together." And that but might not do it in a very loving or gentle way. I need to grow in that. So let's encourage each other. All right. So we're going to go through this list uh, of what a real man is. So the Bible says. A real man has courage in the face of danger. That's the first point in your bulletin. A real man has courage in the face of danger. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I I think I was having a conversation with Jude not too long ago. I said, what's that mean to have courage? It means, yeah, you're not afraid get the bad guys, or something like that. I said, well, you know, it's, it's, okay. it's okay to be afraid, but you know, what, what do we do with that fear? We need to give that fear to the Lord and do the right thing that he calls us to do, and that's what, that's what courage is. It's take, taking your fears, giving it to God, and doing the right thing in the face of danger. So men, we need to have courage in the face of danger, and I'll tell you what, we live in a very, very dangerous culture and world that is set to destroy our families. We need to be praying for them. We need to be encouraging them. We need to be protecting them, providing for them, etc. We'll be getting into that. So have courage. The Bible says a real man knows what he believes has convictions. The Bible says a real man knows what he believes has convictions. Romans 14, 22. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. So we need to think to ourselves, what what do I believe? What do I stand for? And remember, if we don't stand for anything, then we'll fall for anything. We need to have convictions. Limitations. What 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 guides us day to day, week to week? Thirdly, the Bible says a real man stands up for those convictions. So it's one thing to have convictions or things that we want to limit ourselves on, but then do we actually carry that out in real life? Do we act, do we act on those convictions? So a real man stands up for those convictions. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, our, our theme uh, passage today. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. We need to stand on those convictions that God has given us. Uh, we, we have our family had a conviction. We don't want our kids looking at a screen every day. So we, we, we set up some limitations. We've got, we've got what we call watching, watching night on Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday. We do make exceptions sometimes if we're on a vacation or it's a holiday or something like that, but we, we try to hold to that so that our kids aren't just always watching a screen. Our kids don't have cell phones. They'll never have video games. Those are convictions God's given us. Because we, we love our children. We want what's best for them. And, and children's lives are being destroyed by that cell phone. We've got to have convictions. We have to stand up for those convictions. And dad, dad, we need to be the one leading the charge in that. Inspire, inspire your wife. Agree, uh, talk things through and agree on convictions. Uh, next one, number four. A, a, the Bible says a real man worships God. A real man worships God. Romans 12, 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. See, Jesus paid for us with a price. It's not my body, my choice. I belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord. And he should be the one that I'm filtering Everything through. Am, am I offering myself up as a pleasing, acceptable sacrifice to God as an act of worship? Men, do you, do you worship? Do you truly worship God through your actions, through your language, even your thoughts? Next one. The Bible says, a "Real man follows Jesus." A real man follows Jesus. There's a lot of. Lone wolf men in this day and age, and unfortunately, there's a a lot of lone wolf Christian men that just kind of do what they want to do, whatever's right in their own eyes. They don't have any close relationships with other people. They're not accountable to anybody. Uh, But the Bible says the real man follows Jesus. 1 Peter 2.21, "...for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps." Men, are we following in Jesus' steps? Are we <laughs> figuratively or, or maybe even uh, physically washing the feet of our wife, our children? Are we, are we laying down our lives for them? Are we showing an example of what it looks like to, to be Christ-like, to serve, to inspire, to, to love, to show compassion, to speak words of life to our wife and children and others in our lives? Real man follows Jesus. The Bible says a real man willingly and joyfully serves others. I'm working on the joyfully part. Hun, can you change Jesse's diaper? Ah, yeah, I can do that. I'd love to do that, hon. Let me give you a break. See, I'm, I'm, I'm working on changing my response so it's willingly and joyfully. Willingly and joyfully serves others. Galatians 5, 13. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. That's what we're called to do. 1 Peter 5, verse 2. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Husbands, fathers, we need to willingly and joyfully shepherd that flock that God's given us. We need to set an example eagerly. It's a a blessing to be a father. And unfortunately, we have so many men these days who abdicate their role as a father. Why? Pride, selfishness. They want to do what they want to do. They're not willing to make the sacrifices that are needed. If you want to be a real man, we need to willingly and joyfully serve others. Next one. The Bible says a real man demonstrates self-sacrificial love. A real man demonstrates self sacrificial love. First John 3:16. By this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. See there's John 3:16 Christians and then there's First John 3:16 Christians. John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So we've got a lot of people that are like, all right, that sounds good. I don't want to go to hell and let's accept Jesus as my savior. And then, what else? Are they really following Jesus as their Lord and letting him make the con? See, But then there's, the, fir- there's, then there's the, first, the first John 3.16 Christians that are willing to lay down their lives for their brothers, for their families, for their church. Are we willing to do that? And, and there could be a day coming where some of us in this room are, are literally, physically asked to lay down our life for those that we love? Are you you willing to do that? The Bible says a real man is a protector of others under his care. A real man is a protector of others under his care. 1 Peter 5, 2 through 3, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge but being examples to the flock. 1 Peter 3.7 Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of love, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now there's a lot in these verses I'm going to unpack just a little bit. But... Husbands, if you ever have to tell your wife, you need to submit to me, you lost. There's something that you're not doing, you're not leading well, if you actually have to say that to your wife. Yes, it's true. In Ephesians 5, it says, yep, wives, submit to your husbands. But then it also says, husbands, lay down your lives for your wives. I think that second one is even higher calling for men. Husbands, if we're laying our lives down for our wives, she, in most cases, should just naturally want to follow us. We need to protect, protect those under our care. Now, another thing I wanted to point out, it says showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Some people read that verse like, oh, how could the Bible say that women are weak? Okay, that's not what it means. It means she's, she's priceless. If you look at the original Greek word of that verse, it's like, You know, Bob does this in his pre-marriage training. He shows, he shows a red solo cup, and then he shows a very valuable uh, you know, piece of China teacup. He says, Men, you're like the solo cup. Drop it on the ground, bounce, 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 no, no harm, no foul. You take the you take the China cup, you drop that, what happens? That priceless, valuable, invaluable. Piece of China just got busted into a thousand pieces, and unfortunately, that happens all too often in marriages where a husband says or does something that just devastates their wife, and it takes a very, very long time—not impossible—but to put that cup back together again. Does that, does that make sense? The, the, the wife—the wife is just of such greater value. You know, she's she's the uh, epitome of cre- creation. The last—the last living person that was created was was eve remember so what does this have to do with protecting well husbands we need to guard our wife's heart we need to guard our children's heart when i get home i've had a long day of talking to people on the phone getting sermon ready Uh, every day's a little different some days are rougher than others but i i get home and i tell you what um I can almost promise you that Haley has had a rougher day than me. <laughs> With five kids at home, and when I get home, a way that I can protect my wife from burnout, protect her from insanity, is by stepping up and saying, Hun, let me take care of this. I'll, I'll do the discipline, I'll change the diaper. Husbands, do you, do you sit and let your wife serve you dinner, and then you watch her do the dishes too? Or do, you, or do you try to protect her and give her, give her some time to herself? I, I try to um, provide time for Haley to go out and get recharged a uh, couple hours a week or every other week, depending on her schedule, just to go read her Bible and be refreshed because she, day in, day out. So that, that's a way, amen, that we can protect our, our wives. Are we protecting our children's hearts from, from, from influences? Like I talked about, you know, we're, uh, we don't ever let our children go on a device that's connected to the internet by themselves. Never. You know, Always, always with an adult. There's, you, you guys know. Uh, it's so easy. I went to a conference where, man, this was back in 2016, talking about just the rise of uh, assault on our, our culture, our children, just in regard to sexual sin. And, and one guy said that uh, his child typed in uh, Star Wars Legos in a search engine. Started scrolling down. Uh, about the seventh or eighth thing that popped up was full-blown pornography. Did the kid, was the kid looking for that? No. It's like a 10-year-old kid looking for Star Wars Legos. Didn't say anything and then got sucked in to that sin. All, all, be, all because they, and you guys, Satan's not, Satan's not stupid. The people that make these browsers and things that we type in, they're not, they, they, they have a mission and it's to destroy our families. And they, they will specifically think of things that kids would type in or look up and then make sure that something else pops up to just completely rob them of their innocence. And that is a way that fathers, we need to be protecting our children. We homeschool our kids. Um, I hate to say it, but uh, I don't trust the school system. I was a public teacher, a public school teacher for seven years. I know that there's great teachers, I was one of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not, not anymore, no. But I, I know I know there's still great teachers out there and, and they, they want what's best for our kids, but I, I don't trust the kids that are coming from other families that don't have the same values as I do. And now we are in a day and age where I don't trust the National Association of Educators and all these other people that are cramming this garbage into our kids' education. Yes, you know, we we need we need children to be salt and light in all aspects, but at what cost, and especially at such a young age when they're so easily influenced. So uh, my, my recommendation, if you have young kids and you're able to homeschool, you should do it. I told my wife, if, if you've got a doctorate in physical therapy, I've got a bachelor's degree in uh, music education, if we can't teach our own kids, this, this nation is doomed, you know? I, I realize there's some people that aren't in a situation like that. Maybe there's only one parent or um, got a couple jobs and, and homeschool just isn't a, isn't a viable option. Well, explore other options. Explore explore Christian school. Explore, I mean, there's lots of other options, but that's another way that we can protect our families. Everything that they're looking at, listening to, the the people that they're hanging out with. And and men, we have got to step up and take that role to protect our families because nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else. Let's move on. The Bible says, the Bible says, A real man exercises godly leadership and authority. 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. You need to exercise that leadership and authority that's found in the word of God. Open up your Bible. Lead your family in family devotion time. Study the word together. Exercise that leadership and authority as a man. The Bible says the real man humbles himself before the Almighty. Humbles himself before the Almighty. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you. Men, we need to humble ourselves. You know what it says a couple verses later? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That Greek word is antitasso, to set oneself against. When we are proud, God sets himself against against us. I was talking to one of my children about that recently. They were being proud. Man, it might have even been, well, I better not name names, but it was was a younger one. And and I was looking at this person. I said, do you want God to set himself against you? No, I said, God God will win. (laughs) When you're proud, God sets himself against you. But when you're humble, he grants us his grace and his favor. Humble yourself before the Almighty. The Bible says a real man is a man of prayer and God's word. Husbands, are we praying? Are we reading our Bibles? Do we pray for our children? Do we pray for our wives? Do we pray with our wives? Do we pray for our church? 1 Timothy 2 8. I desire then that in every place. Wait a minute. I thought we were just supposed to pray at church. 1 Timothy 2 8, I desire then that in every place. The men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Men, we're called to pray everywhere. Sidewalk, schools, pray, pray outside the school, pray, pray over your children, uh, school board meetings, city council meetings. We should be praying in all places. Uh, we, we always, in, in public, pray before we eat. I can't tell you how many times there's been people that have come over and they said, you know what, it's so nice to see a family that's actually giving thanks to God before they eat. You know, it's something that doesn't happen very much anymore. We need to pray everywhere. Matthew 4, 4. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How many of you didn't eat anything yesterday? Did, it, did, any, did anybody not eat anything yesterday? What about the day before? What about the day before? We all eat meals every day, right? How many of you read your Bibles yesterday? This is our spiritual food. We, just as we eat three meals a day, we need to be reading our Bibles every day. Jesus himself said it. This is our daily bread. And men, we need to be setting the example. Uh, there, there's a lot of mornings. My, my son, Josiah, is up reading his Bible before me. And I've told him, I'm so proud of you. He's just, what What a blessing. We try to train our kids. The Bible says a real man has self-control over his anger. Oof. A real man has self-control over his anger. James 1.19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Proverbs 25.28, this is one of the verses we memorized with our family and did a song to it. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Do we see what's happening to our nation right now because a wall was not completed at the southern border? <laughs> We're being invaded, people. Half of the hotel rooms in New York City are filled with illegal immigrants right now, 50%. Do you want your life <laughs> to be like that, where the walls are broken down and the enemy is just marching right in? Men, when we lose self-control, when we get angry, that's exactly what's happening. We, we, our walls are broken down and it's... Ripe for the picking, for anyone who wants to come and plunder. And this is something I am growing in as well. Lots of uh, harsh words growing up before my parents came to know the Lord. And uh, man, it takes a long time to break those sin habits. But we need to have self-control over our anger. And how, how do we do that? We've got to give it to Jesus. There have been times I've stopped and said, Jesus, I am so angry right now. Put me at peace, and then, you know, move on. Just take a, take a quick moment of silence uh, before the Lord. More on that, but uh, we have to move on. The Bible says a real man has control over his desires. A real man has controls over his desires. For example, he conquers lust. First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Men, what are we looking at on our phones, on our computers? Is it holy? Is it something you'd want your children to see? How do we conduct our thought life? Once again, this is a whole topic in and of itself, but a real man has control over his desires. He gives those to the Lord. A real man has deep and loyal relationships with others. I alluded to this a little earlier. There's so many men, probably many of you know that like, man, does that person like have any close friends? I mean, there's just so many, so many lone wolf men in our society today and in the church. And men, that's, That's dangerous. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. We need people in our lives. We need people speaking into us. Uh, there's a, another proverb that's coming to mind right now where it's, um, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Yeah, Proverbs 18:1. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Do you know which wildebeest the lions pick off from the flock? The one that has strayed away from the herd, oftentimes one that's maybe a little bit physically weak or maybe a little bit sick, and that's the one that they pick off. Men, when we don't have close friendships, when we're not in accountability with somebody, we are that lone wildebeest that Satan, who prowls around like a roaring lion, is seeking to devour. It's foolish to isolate ourselves. We, we need to have strong, close relationships. And uh, I've been working on trying to get, on that note, if anyone's interested in helping lead and organize uh, men's activities, please talk to me. But that's something I've been wanting to do more frequently with the guys at church. Moving on. The Bible says a real man inspires admiration and respect from his wife and children. Psalm 128, 3 through 4. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table behold thus shall the man be blessed who fears the lord men when we fear the lord when we're following what he's called us to do praying reading our bibles standing up in the face of danger all these things we're gonna have a blessed family and that will inspire admiration and respect from our wife and children from our wife and children we need to set that example uh, Ephesians 5 25 another verse there yep husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her we need to give ourselves up for our wives uh, Ephesians 6 4 fathers do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord are, are our children excited to see us when we come home from work or do they go find a place to hide and unfortunately, that's the case with some, with some families. Do our children ad- admire and respect us? The Bible says a real man is a hard worker. A real man's a hard worker. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as the Lord. As for the Lord, not for men. 1 Thessalonians 4.11, and to work with your hands as we instructed you. Christians, we should be the hardest workers at any job that you are at. We should work harder than everybody else. Why? Because we're not working for the boss man. We're not working for your employee. You're working for Jesus when we go to work. So we should be the hardest workers out of everybody, especially, especially men. Uh, the Bible says a, man, a real man perseveres under trial and hardship. James 1, 2 through 3 and 12. Count it all joy, my brothers, when we meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Blessed is the man, this is verse 12, James 1. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. We need to persevere under trial and hardship. Romans 5, 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. The Bible says a real man is a man of his word, honesty and integrity. Proverbs 10 verse 9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his waist crooked will be found out. Psalm 15 verse 4, this is New Living Translation. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. And I tell you what, there's been some times my children have reminded me of a promise I made and it is not convenient at all. Dad, remember you promised that we do it. I'm like, ah, you're right. But I I keep my word, even when when it hurts, even when it comes at a cost. We We need to keep our promises even when it comes at a cost, when it hurts. Bible says, last one here, the Bible says a real man conducts his life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4, verse, verse 6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How do we solve the problem of impotent men in this nation, in our churches? Impotent simply means just there's, there's no power. Like, like God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful, Right? So how do we solve that? Well, we need to live our lives under the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power. I can't speak kindly to my kids when I'm angry without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't die to myself and serve my wife when I don't feel like it without the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. We need to be putting ourselves in the presence of God. Now remember, if you're a believer in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. We don't have to ask, Holy Spirit, come, come inside me. Like, he, he should already be there if you're in Christ. The question is, are you acknowledging the presence of the Holy Spirit? And yes, we can do things that sear the Holy Spirit by, by blatant sin, things like that. The Holy Spirit's voice starts getting a little softer, a little softer. And we need to repent of that and say, okay, Holy Spirit, I want you active in my life. We, we need to acknowledge his presence in our lives. So I hope this is a good... Uh, You've got, the, you've got the points, you've got the verse references. This is a good list of things. By the way, I failed to mention this was uh, adapted from a list I received from Pastor Tom Short. And then I, I found all kinds of scripture to go along with these points that he found. But uh, really, really great information to be thinking about, meditating on. So, men, act like men. Uh, I'm going to pray uh, musicians, you guys can come up, and then we'll we'll close with one last song. Uh, so let, let's go ahead and stand for the closing prayer, and then we'll sing we'll sing one last song. Yeah, Father, we just thank you so much for how your word says plenty of how we're supposed to conduct our lives, how we're supposed to act, especially for men. Lord, God, I pray that we'd have men in this church right now uh, rising up. Lord, help us to think about a couple of these things on these lists of qualities that we can be working on. Oh, Lord, I need, to, I need more patience. I need to speak gently words of life. Lord, help me to die to myself and serve my wife. Really lay down my life for her, Lord, that I would inspire admiration from my wife and children. Lord, help me to be a blessing to this flock, Lord. That uh, Pray for all the men here, Lord, that we would have convictions and that we would stand on those convictions. And thank you, God, for being the ultimate example of what a father should look like. Lord, I pray for those here today who have hard memories of their earthly father. And Lord, I pray that you bring them peace, knowing that all of us are sinners. Uh, I pray that you'd bring reconciliation today, Lord, if there's people here that need to reconcile with their father. But I pray that we just delight in knowing that you are the ultimate, compassionate, life-giving Father. We thank you. We celebrate you. uh, In Jesus' name, amen.